When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here for Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus, also as well, going to go ahead and give a big shout out to Inside Sports Fantasy Football. How's your fantasy football team doing this weekend during Turkey Weekend? Please let us know and go ahead and check us out inside sports fantasy football, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Ox1947 is here. Black Friday. There you go. Thanksgiving. There you go. Go ahead and check out what Ox1947 has been doing at LakersBall.com. Plus, you know what? If you haven't spent enough money during the holiday season already, go ahead and spend some more with Joe at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com or... Or a great place to go shopping, and I'm going to put it in the description below, is the Lakers Fast Break Merchandise Store. So please go ahead and check us out right there. You can, absolutely. Check us out to get the greatest deals right there in all of Lakers Fast Break Merchandise right there at the Lakers Fast Break Merchandise Store. Plus also the Lakerholics, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and of course, Jamie Sweet, Mr. Five Things himself. I'm bumping the Lakerholic spotlight to Sunday because there's a game tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. So we're going to go ahead and do a pregame, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Of course, you'll join us there. And, of course, also as well, the postgame. So they're going to Sunday. But check out what they have to say on a daily basis right there for you at Lakers Fast Break. Right there, of course, at Lakerholics.com. Plus, also our good friends want to give a big shout-out to Empire Jeff TV, Lakers in 5, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, and the John McKinley channel, and a new channel that you need to check out, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. Please go ahead and support all these great channels by subscribing today on YouTube, or if they're on podcast outlets, go ahead and support them as well. Plus, always remember, you can go ahead and catch us here. Leave those comments, and also click on the little Joe. You see the big Joe down there. Please click, click on the little Joe or like and follow on Facebook. Because if you do, you'll be catching the latest episodes like right now at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Happy Black Friday, everyone. Hopefully you got the deals that you were looking for out there. But the deals for the Lakers as they head out on the road may not be so great because we just got some news on an injury. <sighs> Another injury for the Lakers. Plus, what is their status going into Cleveland tomorrow? And, of course, their road trip as well. Here today to discuss two awesome guys indeed. First up, first man here is, 
Of course, the guy behind the Larry Lakers dribbling, chit-chat. It is Tony B. And Tony, great to have you here all the way down from Australia, down under. Great to have you here, Tony. Hopefully, your internet has been like in and out. Hopefully, you'll be able to go ahead and stick with us. But we'd love to have you here on the show today, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you both. Good day, Gerald. Good day, Joe. Good to, good to talk to you, Tony. Good to have you on here first. He's going to be Thank nice you. to you today. He's going to be nice because you're your guest. It's your first time here. He's got to. We got to wait until whether or not you have a differing opinion from him. Then it all goes south from there. That's totally untrue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but glad to have you here, my friend. Uh, I do want to let everybody know the latest news on the Lakers injury front is that Rui Hashimura has suffered a nasal fracture. So broken nose. Uh, I guess he's having a surgery for it and he's going to be out probably close to a week is what they're estimating right now. Also as well, giving everybody a Cam Reddish update. He is listed as questionable for tomorrow in Cleveland. So with that in mind, my friend, as the Lakers head out on this four-game road trip, Tony, what are your thoughts on what the Lakers need to accomplish? Nine and seven, the Phoenix Suns have zoomed on by. They're no longer the struggling team that was. They've now, since Devin Booker's come back, been on a real roll. They're now first place along tie, alongside the Sacramento Kings in the Pacific Division. It's no longer fun and games for the Lakers. And now that they're going out on a four-game road trip, it's not looking much better. I saw they won their uh, Phoenix with uh, Booker without Bill or, or Durant. They're, they're looking dangerous. Uh, and it makes uh, my listeners ask, uh, how did Rob Polinka? We've got one fellow, uh, uh, Nick Lienka, who doubts Polinka. He, he wonders how um, Phoenix were able to get uh, like Bates Diop, uh, Kemetsi Mitu, uh, those guys. He'd like to have those and perhaps play those in place of guys like Max Lewis. Uh, and he asks whether we need a banger. And uh, he questions whether Hachimura is that guy. He wonders whether we've ever really replaced Markeith Morris uh, in the lineup, somebody who's a bit of a bulldog and um, uh, can steal up, uh, say, uh, eight to 10 rebounds and 12 points. Or a guy like Grant Williams, who I saw got in a scuffle with LeBron James. Um, I, we might be a bit shorthanded there. Uh, and I'm not sure who could step up into that. Um, that, that sort of power role, it seems to put a lot more pressure on LeBron to play uh, in, in a small forward and, and power forward role. Absolutely. And I'm telling you right now, the situation with LeBron getting the continual minutes is it's not something I really enjoy. But as Joe said, uh, you know what, it's, it's a necessary deal, but not something that Joe and I really liked coming into the season, giving him so many minutes early on. But also here today, a good man indeed. It is the guy behind Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com, and also as well, of course, Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Joe, Joe Soro, great to have you here. Happy Black Friday. I know that's like an oxymoron there, but happy Black Friday, my friend. Hopefully you got the discounts that you were looking for. This is actually an AI version of me because the real me is actually still circling around the parking lot at the fashion show mall here in Las Vegas. Yeah, just seemingly anyways, because I spent so much time circling around parking lots all day long while my wife and daughters went shopping. But my friend talking about the Lakers, no discount there. No Rui for at least a week, making it a little bit harder for the Lakers from the outside. 
Uh, unlike Gerald Glassford, uh, who, there we go. Who, who whose nickname is the Spender, I am the Collector. Uh, well, I I'm not wasn't the one spending. I was only driving today. From I'm a collector. The parking lot. Uh, today was a work day. Today was catching up on work because it seems like in the United States, Tony. I know I'm, I'm noticing a, a, an accent there that's not from here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going on. From uh, Australia, my friend. I don't know if this is going on. I, I know. I hear a lot of things out of Australia, and it's half and half. So I'll leave it at that. But let's see. <laughs> Let, I, 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 I think I think you're going to identify with it. I, I think, but I haven't been to Australia to know for sure. But I don't know what's happened here in the last couple of years. But every week there is a holiday here. Yeah, I can. Every week it's some kind of happy daughter day, happy Sunday, <laughs> happy remote control day, happy you wore a hat day today. And then it, what it does is it dilutes the real holidays like Thanksgiving and Halloween. And well, Halloween okay. isn't technically a you know, holiday; it's just a fun day, right? But it, it becomes this uh, excuse machine of, well, you know, it's Friday and it's get your hair done day, and you know, level. Anyways, I spent my day doing what I do, and that's handling business, and I enjoy it. Uh, as far as noise and, and information on the Lakers for the next four games. The Lakers, as uh, is, is, is important as players like Vando, Rui, and Cam Reddish can be and have been, I, until Anthony Davis decides that he wants to play like Anthony Davis every game, there's not likely going to be any chance of, of, of LeBron limiting his minutes uh it's looking like lebron's gonna end up playing about 34 to 35 minutes and we're gonna have to wait and see what happens towards the end of the year it's it's probably not gonna be good in the end uh the lakers would have to get lucky and play in favorable teams in the playoffs being that this is the west western conference uh side of things it's not likely they're gonna do that but I guess we can say it's still early. They're nine and seven. Maybe they can get on a roll. But if they want to start doing that, it'd be nice if they started this during this four game run here in the in the uh, on the road. If they come out of this three and one, I'd say you're 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 probably a, a win on there because now you're sitting at uh, twelve and eight, and you're slowly starting to kind of get out of this first month's gamut. Uh, it's so different than so many years uh, in terms of the, the the difference in the beginning of the year. Your beginning of the year has always been very, very Laker-heavy uh, at home, and they're not making those trips down south to the southeast. They're doing a lot of that right now, and it might get easier uh, as, as time goes on. I believe, uh, Gerald, when we were doing the schedule, I think we figured out that the Lakers weren't going to get out of the West uh, Pacific time zone for about a month. That's correct. So it's coming up. And the Lakers can get some positivity out of this road trip. My my feeling is three and one would be a positivity. If it's two and two, I guess we take it. But I think they need to start making up a little bit from from some of the games that they've lost. And then once they have that advantage where they're not going anywhere outside the Pacific time zone, then you got to start doing some things. And then and that's right around the time likely you're going to get Rui back going to get Vando back and then uh, Cam Reddish back, hopefully. 
And that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still at a wait and see situation here. The only one that I'm kind of worried about at this point is, and I, I didn't think I'd have to worry about it as much, although maybe I talked myself into believing that, but AD not showing up once a week is killing this team from extending their, 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 their wins. And I don't know how they're going to handle that because, unfortunately, I don't believe we have a we have a subpar coach uh, calling shots. He doesn't really know X's and O's. Uh, doesn't look like he's good at motivating anybody. Uh, he came in as a defensive type coach. Uh, I don't know if there's anything there that that warrants him being a, a defensive guy. So we're 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 going to have to get lucky and have some surprises before we can actually say, "Look, this is team." have a chance of going all the way at this point. I would say no if I had a gun to my head, but we have to kind of wait a little bit longer. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro and Tony B from the Larry Lakers dribbling chit chat. Got to go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcast, Tony, uh, your thoughts on that. I mean, as far as what Joe said, uh, and as far as basically, you know, when he comes down to it, a lot of the coaching issues that we've seen, uh, Darvin Ham, we've said on the show numerous times, loves to take his timeouts home with them. I don't know, maybe he's mm. just saving them for Black Friday <laughs> so he can get a good deal on them as far as, you know, just a whole bunch of them together. I don't know why. He just seems to take them all. You know, he he's just never wants to utilize them all before it's really necessary, which is, it just absolutely it's Sometimes it is because of the fact that LeBron, he's 38, pushing 39. We've talked about this, Gerald. The reason why he doesn't call timeouts is because he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, there you go. See, not 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 with the timeouts. We've talked about this over. He doesn't know how to set up plays for his team. He doesn't know. I can count on my hand, one hand. I'm not going to disagree with you. After the Miami deal, after the Miami play, I will not disagree with you. I can count on my hand. Who in the world would have given it to a 15% three-point shooter? When you're only down by one. On one hand, I can count on how how many memory how, how much memory I have <laughs> of a play out of a timeout that resulted in a score. I I honestly don't know if there's been five in the year and a month and a half that he's been a coach. That's abhorrent that that happens. That should not happen when you have LeBron James and AD on your team. But it it, it that these are signs. These are signs that. Make a difference. Those little little things matter in yeah. these games. If you don't believe me, look at the there. There was. I'm, I'm going to use a football analogy here, uh, Tony. We're talking about American football. I know football's mm-hmm. different out there. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Australia. Uh, there was two instances that I remember vividly. Everyone remembers the the Patriots Seattle uh, Super Bowl. That play that ended up becoming an interception was actually prepared the Patriots prepared and were waiting for that play it just so happened to be at the best time it could have been at uh there was another one the famous 99 yard interception return by James Harrison in Super Bowl 43 that play during the week of the Super Bowl Mike Tomlin noticed in film that guys weren't rushing forward after an interception they were just stopping and just letting things go. He had reminded them, you guys need to think about blocking right as soon as that happens. And that play ended up becoming 
arguably the greatest Super Bowl play of all time and ended up helping them win. If they don't get that play, they probably don't win the Super Bowl. So those little things matter. And the reason why he's not calling a timeout is my theory is he doesn't know what to do to call a timeout. He doesn't have a feel for the momentum. When you would look at, let's say, someone like Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson sometimes would call a timeout after one score. And when Phil got up and started yelling at you or yelling at the ref, he didn't do that all the time. He would pick his spots so that it resonated. We're comparing him to Phil Jackson. I know he's not. I know Phil Jackson is one of the greats. I get it. Brett Auerbach used to purposely get himself kicked out so he can motivate his team. I get it. But can you at least take a take a you know, learn a little bit from that? Can you understand flow? Can you understand the 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 pulse of this team a little bit? I don't know. I Maybe saw. Um, yeah. Maybe I saw a post game questions. there where that he claimed um, Coach Ham claimed. He didn't want the opposition to have the opportunity to strategize for the next play, but they questioned whether uh, the reporters seemed to be questioning whether you could use them uh, when A, you fall behind like these first quarters, or B, in that final quarter to rest LeBron. And I remember one of your questions, Joe, could you make some, uh, not necessarily timeout usage, but could you make some offense run through Anthony Davis and not receiving it so high. Um, the other teams are able to get, uh, Sabonis is able to get the ball for the Kings on the move where he wants it. Why can't uh, there be some sort of offense to get the ball to Davis a little closer to the hoop? So, Tony, that is not only Sabonis, at, mm. it was constant throughout that game or those two games. Sangoon was getting the ball three feet from the basket. Mm. You're telling me that you can't get the ball to Anthony Davis? Oh, he's not putting enough effort, right? Is that the reason? Is he not being aggressive enough? I don't buy that BS. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. If Sangoon can get the because I actually saw AD getting the ball close to the basket in a few of these games, and it was always resulting in a, in, a, in, a, in a good in good fortunes. Okay, yes. they drop they drop two guys on them, and then they have a three guy. Okay, so if if there's two or three dropping on AD, you should be going to the hoop and getting mm. every layup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Do you I, think? I, I, yeah, do you think he's a good enough passer? They double teamed him very no, quickly the not. last couple of games, and uh, we talk about uh, Jokic being a great passer. And AD allegedly grew up as a point guard, but he do doesn't seem to pass really well out of that double team. What do you think, Gerald and Joe? I don't, I just don't think he's that great of a passer. That's, that's one of those biggest flaws as far as being able to develop into that upper echelon center. He he can. He's got a lot of tools, but he, the mm -hmm. one tool that I think this is lacking is him passing out or recognizing the double teams and being able to pass effectively out of it, Joe and, and Tony. Uh, yeah, uh, Tony, I, I know I've been talking a lot more than you have so far but if you have any assessment here let me know let us know yeah yeah so yeah. tell us i mean what we think we think anthony davis is the biggest key to this team and his mm. his season so far yeah it's been great as far as block shots career high in block shots but overwhelmingly offensively is down across the board 
This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Really part of the reason why the Lakers are in the straits that they're in and and why LeBron has to do so much is that when it comes down to it, AD is not giving you what you need consistently on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah. to me, it seems to be that consistency. The the criticism uh, of our listeners is, um, how do you get consistency from AD as he had it? And I think this year, it looks like he's trying to play through injury after all his criticism of being injured, but he doesn't seem to be 100% in some of those um, games. And um, we need him. We, uh, it's, it's, one, it's no good just turning up to get to those 65 games to be eligible for the awards. Um, you need to be, we need him to be playing. If the oldest man in the league can be running up and down the floor like that first pass against the Rockets, where the first one in transition to the basket was the oldest man in the league, uh, we need some points from AD. And then we need the coach to find ways to um, get him the ball uh, where he needs it, uh, closer to the basket instead of um, two foot in from the three-point three line and take a long um jump shot and, and rely on that long jump shot that was good in that 2019 season. But if it's not working, he, he, seemed, he needs, we need to find a way to do something else. Uh, at least uh, D'Angelo Russell, some of the times this year where his three-point hasn't been on, he seemed to find sneaky ways, little change, subtle changes of pace to get to the basket. His assists have been um, But when AD doesn't get the points, there doesn't seem to be any other strategy for himself or from Coach Hand and the team. LeBron seems to want to force feed him sometimes or drip feed him almost, but the rest of the team don't seem to be finding any, any movement. And um, there's also games, I think, where we just... The first game against Houston, where we... LeBron, I know I didn't, but where LeBron... We just LeBron watch. There's too much standing, stagnant offence where nobody's moving. Um, it's almost like, though, I enjoyed the games after Houston because it's almost like the them up under your bumper bar, under your grill, almost makes us better. We need to be slapped around a bit before we have our next game almost. What did you think about that, Joe? Uh, uh, unfortunate statistic for Anthony Davis so far this year. In 16 games, he's taken 29 shots from mid-range and has only made four. Four shots in 16 games for mid-range. I don't even know what that is. I honestly believe, even in my position right now, as out of shape as I am, I believe I can make four shots from mid-range in the NBA. I would be pretty confident I can make four shots in 16 games. That's a a statistic I found today that was just mind-boggling to me. 29 shots from mid-range, and he's only made four. This is like 
again, I'm going to use a football analogy. It's like Kenny Pickett playing back, playing quarterback. In, in, a, in a league where the quarterback has every advantage known to man ever. You can't touch him. You can't breathe on him. Offenses are given every advantage from every aspect, from receivers to running backs to offensive linemen, and you're only throwing for 100 yards in three, in three quarters. That's the same. That's kind of the equivalent of what that is. It is bad. It's so bad. If he doesn't start hitting from mid-range, there's no way the Lakers are going to do anything this year, for sure. I'm not expecting him to hit 20-footers. He's got to hit that elbow shot on a consistent basis. Otherwise, they're going to drop on him every time. They're going to let him shoot that ball until he starts making it. And then that's when those rebounds become even an even bigger issue on the defensive end, especially. You're not going to get an offensive rebound in that case because everyone is standing around. And that's been part of the problem. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to understand something here. I'm trying to understand why do they still stand around when they, do they not know? Are they the only human beings on the planet that don't know they're standing around? Are they stubborn and not doing anything during their practices or during film sessions? You've seen those rare times on in on playback when you watch it, Joe and Tony. You've seen those times when the ball moves or the man moves that's not named LeBron or AD. When there's movement, people cutting to the basket, or or maybe that ball's hopping throughout the back of the perimeter right there. Good shots, better shots are taken, and, and it frees up and allows the offense to to execute more efficiently. But we often see where it's just LeBron, ISO, ISO LeBron, LeBron ISO, D'Lo maybe doing a little bit of action right there, maybe getting a, a little bit of a pick and roll, but not too much after that. Um, Austin Reeves dribbling, you know, through his legs, behind his legs, you know, things of that nature. If he's not getting the ball stolen, he's trying to go ahead and try and set up for, you know, a 20 footer or 25 footer. It's just, not good offense that's that's done when the lakers do try to execute offense on those rare occasions it works their half court offense is just not there and i just that i i apply to the coaches that's where you see the lack of coaching come in is the the lack lack of execution on the offensive and it's just amazing you see great offensive teams in the league like uh indiana I've seen it with Philadelphia, the way they with Tyrese and the way they execute Tyrese, Maxi, you know, working off Embiid, but they have shooters that spot up, but also are cutting to the basket as well. Just simple things like that that they're not executing on that end of the uh, on that end of the ball, Tony. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, the big rap on him last year was that players want to play for him. That he. Uh, Players will bring motor and heart uh, to the game. And, and I, get, I think they did more than they did the year before against Vogel. But um, you turn up to games, like even the uh, trial game there, the preseason game against Golden State, we looked out coached immediately. And um, even just with bench players from, from Golden State, um, but of course, very well coached team. Um, yeah, that's the worry. Uh, my hope is against Cleveland. I think we can win the first one, but I think it'll be on the back of LeBron. I think returning home to Cleveland 
uh, he'll pull out something special um, just to be there. And, and I hope the others sense it and um, lift for him as well. Okay. Well, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly thank you for joining us on a special Black Friday special. No discounting from here. We're giving you everything that we can give you, as always, right here at the Lakers fast break. Joe, I want to ask you this. You know, obviously, a lot of the pressure is on AD to perform more consistently. Also, as well, because of the fact we're 9-7 and seven heading out on a four-game road trip. We've not played well on the road at all. And things like that have to change. LeBron heading back to Cleveland obviously will be motivated. We he need he needs better play around him in order to go ahead and get the job done tomorrow night against a pretty decent front line. What are your thoughts on the keys for tomorrow in Cleveland? Well, I've picked the Cleveland game and the Detroit game on this four-game road trip to be wins. If they don't win tomorrow. They very well could be one and three uh, at the end of the road trip. And then at that point, you're looking at exactly what the team is, which is average. They're, they're satisfactory. They're a C team. And I guess it would fit what, what I've seen. They've, they've played average at best uh, with average leadership and average coaching. Uh, LeBron has exceeded, uh, continues to exceed beyond uh, what we've ever seen in the NBA. He's probably the only bright spot, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I know Cam Reddish is a bright spot, but it's it's hard to talk about that as much because it's just not enough. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to continue to be a reclamation project thing for these guys. It's like, okay, he's playing good, but it doesn't mean anything. They're not winning games that they're supposed to win because of it. You know, He's just playing better than he did before, which was bad. Uh, I'm not trying to disrespect them. I'm not trying to talk down on them, but it, it, I don't care about if he's playing better. Like that doesn't mean anything to, to, to wins. Uh, it just doesn't make, it doesn't matter in the end. I'm just not, I'm, I'm in an area where I just don't know yet. I sort of know, but I don't. I want to well, see. Lakers can match up size at least with Cleveland if they, you know, with with Wood and also with Hayes. I think the Lakers with this team can match up with anyone. Unfortunately, they, is, is, the question is, will they execute it, and will they get flustered the moment they don't get what they like? That's the key. You know, AD misses a couple elbow shots and he completely is checked out of the game. That happens a lot, and if I'm a, an opposing coach, I, I can take advantage of that. Every time, hey, look, just let them let them shoot a couple. Give them give them the shot. It's like uh, it's like a cornerback uh, letting the quarterback think that he's been beat, and then all of a sudden he turns on the speed and intercepts the ball. I just I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in this team, game in and game out. I'm picking the games that they should win, and then I'm feeling pretty comfortable that the games that they're going to be playing with very good teams on the road, they're going to get smoked. So hopefully they prove, prove me wrong, which, you know, I, I, I always want to be wrong. Unfortunately, most of the time I'm not. Tony B, any thoughts on that, my friend? Um, I'm just thinking uh, that uh, front line, it'll have to be uh, some opportunity there for Christian Wood, as you mentioned, who seems to be playing almost small forward, like uh, look like Blinker was infatuated or we've been infatuated with getting that center or stretch four 
that could shoot a three. And we waited so long. And we missed guys like that Yurtsman that was really good against us. He was available early and we grabbed uh, Jackson Hayes that we haven't quite got as much out of. But to me, the, I don't think it'll be a lot of Jackson Hayes. I think they'll be relying on Torian Prince, who hasn't been hitting that many shots, had a better game last game, and uh, Christian Wood. But uh, he needs to find... I think he's better this year, even though his numbers aren't up, if you guys think so. I think he's always had those empty categories, those numbers at other teams that haven't affected winning. Here he seems to be getting fewer numbers but at least he seems to be towing the line, a team line and uh, helping. But we actually need some points. Uh, they, I think I read a stat today where the only guys over uh, 35% three-point shooting, uh, Rui was one of them and he's not going to be there tomorrow. Um, and uh, the other guys, ironically, are LeBron and uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think. So um, it seems to be sadly a three-point game in the NBA very much, and we haven't got that, and we're a little bit lacking now in that uh, front line with that um, power forward. Is, would you like to see them go out and use that fifteenth uh, spot to get? Uh, what sort of player would you get though? We we seem to be not getting any mileage. We've got two guys injured all the time in, in terms of um, Gabe Vincent and um, uh, Savando. And then we've got others added to it. And we've got the two young guys we're getting no time out of uh, in a year uh, in terms of uh, Jalen Huchifino and Max Lewis. In a year where they're saying, uh, you know, it's win at all costs because it's when with LeBron, it's win now. But we've got guys we're sort of having a bet each way on the future and um, guys we're not getting much out of. Joe, I mean... What we I mean, it's not like you can trade those guys away. I mean, Vando has what a four-year contract, and Gabe Vincent has a three-year contract. Vando with a bursitis that may not be a long-lasting thing, but I'm sure Gabe Vincent. Everybody on our our audience already wants to trade Gabe Vincent. That's fine, but if you're a GM on the other side of the ball, on, on let's say Chicago, which seems to be the the flavor of the week right now, everybody wants to trade for Levine or they want to trade for Caruso, or they want to trade for DeRozan and whatnot. Do you really want a already knee-troubled individual streaky shooter who's a backup guard at best that is stuck on a three-year contract? Mind you, it's a, a, a contract that probably will age better over the course of time unless it's something debilitating with his knee like we're seeing with Lonzo Ball. But it's just the thing is, though, I don't know who you can get with the assets that we have when it comes to January and February. That's when really you're going to go out and be able to go in and improve this team. You're going to have to let go of D'Angelo or an Austin or a Rui who's shooting at 42% right now. Once he comes back for the broken nose, those are the players that are going to be wanted and valued the most by those teams. in case of D'Angelo, it's his expiring contract in case the other two guys suspect that they're on, lower value, uh, consistently low paying or low, just consistently good value contracts going forward. So those are the guys that, that people are going to want. And in order for us to build this team and get the guys that we're looking for, we're going to have to give those one, one or two of those guys up plus the number one draft choice from somewhere because the bidding is going to be high on the guys we really need. And I think we should start looking at 
defensive perimeter and shooting first before we go and worry about somebody on the inside? We're going to probably start hearing more trade issues if they finish December. Oh, we hear it from Laker Tom every day. Laker Tom wants a trade uh, in the dead of summer in August after everything's already done. Uh, so that's his thing. But if they're hovering around 500 by the end of December, I see no way, uh, uh, no no chance that the Lakers are not going to be talking at that point on what they're going to need to do. Zach Levine is the flavor of the of the week right now. Uh, the problem with 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 him is he's got a probably the worst contract in the NBA next to Bradley Beal. I'd say Grant is worse, but yeah, it's still up there. Grant, yeah, you can go with Grant too, but he's in Portland. So it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> the Lakers would have to make a decision with someone like Levine where they're like, look, we're going for broke. If we get this guy, we feel like we can win a championship. He's the perfect third guy, right? Uh, they would have to have that mindset and go, we're going we're gonna to ride this to see if we can win one more championship. We'll deal with the financials later. I don't see that happening. And if they wanted to trade for him, I think they need a third team to facilitate because I don't believe they have any assets beyond a couple of first rounders. So it would have to be a, a, a menage a trois <laughs> trade. Uh, and at this point, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't have enough energy to think about. You that. realize we do have a 14 year old here in the audience. <laughs> Well, Gerald, menage a trois doesn't mean anything except what I yeah, said it I, was. I know. It, that's all it means. It's just become, become a different okay. all connotation right. because of what it is. Uh, you know, just like oh, – I, I, can't, I can't use that word. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you guys after. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, Tony. G- Gerald's the the – I like Tenet, over, Kurt. I know yeah, a lot of people don't like Tenet, but I like Tenet, just to let you know. I haven't seen it. Dunkirk was okay. I like Tenet. I heard that was good. The It's too early. We have to wait. Let's wait till the end of the year and see. Well, not, I'm not saying we, we, we have no say in this. But as fans, we got to wait yeah. it out a little bit here and see what happens. If they're hovering around 500 by the end of, the, end of December, then... Uh, I think the the noise is going to start getting really, really loud. And I believe Rob will start looking. Well, the thing, though, I ask you, and once again, welcome back to the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro along with Tony B. Go ahead and check out Tony B's great Lakers channel today, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. Please subscribe today. Give him a big – he's just starting out. He's a small channel. Funny how we were that small channel not too long ago, Joe. Now we're the big up-and-coming channel, and he's the – small channel that's going to rise up past us. He's the next Mr. Beast on the way. Absolutely. It's the Larry Lakers dribbling chit chat. Please go ahead and support her today. I put the link in the description below, so there's no excuses. Go ahead and stop on by. But Tony, uh, you know, I can't, I know Joe's talking about that and I would love for everybody else to also is going to be talking about that. The trade rumors are going to be, in fact, they were already in our chat consistently now for the past few days yes 
I can't count on Rob Palinka to be competent with his trades yes. on two straight trade deadlines. He has not had any kind of good track record. I just don't have confidence enough in me as yet. Everybody was saying, oh, hell, have faith in Rob, have faith in Rob. Okay, the years prior to that trade deadline showed that I should have no faith in Rob. He had yes. a good trade deadline. He had a good trade with Rui beforehand. Are you... Do you think that's the the? Do you think do you really think that's where going to be where it's leading to? Do you think you can see lightning strike twice again with Rob Palenka and that trade deadline? He he, he got lucky last year, didn't he? Um, I thought no one would want Russell Westbrook, and they'd leave us hanging. And I, I didn't think Utah would be interested in in t two chances with us. And um, uh, but some of them weren't as good as people. They forget Mo Bomba wasn't a, wasn't the greatest pick, and and we gave up yes. uh, a number of second round picks. It wasn't Beverly, and um, uh, people forget. They think it was all all gold there. Well, you know and, what? For uh, Joe, it was sure. great because he had jettisoned Pat Beverly because he did not uh, like him. I think that's really what it was for, by the way. Yeah. So in the long run, I think it was a good. Mind you, Bomba was a stiff, but. Yeah. Yes. You can't get yeah. everything. <laughs> That's right. And um, but I, I believe December, because uh, there's so many new contracts, we've got to wait to December. And if we're 500, maybe that's better than last year. Last year was a miracle, wasn't it, to be so far under and to win some games uh, with uh, Davis playing and not LeBron for that amount of time. Uh, when we criticise Davis now, I don't know if we were lucky last year, but it was a magic run and. Uh, I think people have put too much in it. And I think we're even doing it in games. We're leaving run. We're letting teams. I think we've only led twice in the first half. Uh, so we lose first quarters and we're behind at half time, leaving a run to something like that Mavericks run. Uh, and it's a lot of work. And we're blaming that la couple of bad plays in the last minute and they were no good. And we're waiting for a miracle off LeBron or a pass like that one to Cam Reddish. But why are we there? What's happening in the first three quarters? I think people are forgetting. Well, we've seen it right right now as far as so much ground to always make up. And that seems to be the Lakers story the past two seasons that they've been down behind and having to come back up. They wasted so much energy getting to the point last season where they had to work so hard just to get into the play-in and then ultimately get to where they went with the Western Conference Finals. They're trying to do that again with the so-so start. Now, mind you, they still have a chance and opportunity to get right on track and to make themselves in a better position than they did this time last season. So I don't want, I want to put that in perspective, Joe and Tony. But when it comes right down to it, Joe, I think you and I are seeing a lot of those same things that are just giving us pause for concern. And this team, which looks so loaded with depth coming into the season, these, these players, this depth is just not measuring up to what we need it to be. I can't discuss last year anymore. I think that needs to get out of our heads. Last year has nothing to do with this year. And I'm not going to look at a two intense. Well, it's just the constant climbing uphill. Like yeah, I, I'm not. Like just, the games. Not, We're also always climbing uphill. We're always behind. Yeah, it's not. It, 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 last year, it holds no water on this year at all. I don't, I didn't look at the first 12 games this year and go, Oh, Hey, we, we bettered ourselves last year. It doesn't mean Dick. It means nothing. It's it, they're nine and seven and they should be 12 and uh, four. They should be 12 and four, but they're not because certain players are not doing what they're supposed to do. 
and certain plays weren't run that should have been run. They don't learn their lesson. They keep talking about we're, we're doing the right thing when we do it, and if it doesn't work, so be it. No, no, that's not true. Throwing the Cam Reddish for a game-winning shot is a stupid decision. It's a stupid decision, especially when you're five feet from the basket. I don't care if there's three people there. You are LeBron James. You're supposed to be the greatest player of all time, right? That's what you said. You need to take the shot. Or you create a play, Darvin Ham, that allows something close to go into the basket. Why? Because you're down one. Why are you shooting a three when you're down one? At least do something aggressive. Get a foul call. Then you can hit two free throws to win the game. You have a couple ways to win the game there. Three is one bad shot, especially for a team that can't hit dick. You can't hit the shots anyways. Why are you going for threes? This is stupid. It's stupid. It is a stupid decision. And if you're trying to support everyone because you want to have good morale and good energy, there is no good energy. You're nine and seven. Ain't working. Get your head out of your ass and start talking like grown-ups. Be a grown-up. You're the best player that's ever played, right, LeBron? You need to go to the basket when you're down one with five, 10, 13 seconds left. That there, there is no more discussion. I'm done with it. I'm done talking about this. The next time he passes out getting to the hole to someone who no one knows, no one knows who the hell Cam Reddish is except people who watch basketball, then you deserve to lose. Even if he had made that shot, that was a bad call in my book. Why are you shooting a three when you're down one? And then, of course, what happened in the the last game? You're up two, and you do a isolation three from the other side of the court. Why? You're making these bad decisions. You're supposed to be smart, right? Coaching supposed to be good, right? This is what everyone tells us. You're supposed to be Mr. IQ, Mr. Remembers Everything Like Rain Man. Why don't you remember that when you shoot from three, you always miss in these moments? How come the memory's not there? How come the memory's not there when you realize when you go to the hole, you get the calls or you make the shot? This is every day, guys, every day. So this is kind of a microcosm of that. I hear every day from people yapping. And I'm sitting there going, that's not true. Well, Joe, you know, you're not you're not being very positive. I'm like, F your positiveness. One, two, and three. All else. What do you mean? What are you talking about positive? There's that you lost. This isn't working. <laughs> Has nothing to do with positive and negative. Your results didn't happen. But everybody wants to feel good and everyone wants to be positive. Nine and seven is trash for a team this talented. Get your heads out of your ass. Make this make the play that works. Results, the one that's gonna cause more results. You go to the basket and it gets rejected. All right. The other guy made a better play. But you're not even giving yourself a shot. Yep. I'm sorry. I couldn't agree with you more on that, my friend. You just gotta. It's it's called 
being able to draw up smarter plays. And, and that's something, Tony, that I've seen, again, getting back to the coaching. Uh, I think that the coaching has not helped LeBron. And the problem is LeBron is having statistically one of his best seasons ever. Let me just tell that again to everybody. As of now, he is statistically, outside of free throws, is having one of his best and most efficient shooting seasons ever at age 38. And a lot of times I see us, the way that it's being mapped out, the rotations, the guys that are out there with it, the way the plays that are being mapped, just seems that, that his efforts a lot of times are being wasted because it seems like LeBron on five at times. And that to me is irritating where he feels like he has to put everything on his shoulders. We saw it in the last game, in the Mavericks game, mm-hmm. last minute. He's obviously fatigued by playing back-to-back. You, as a coach, have to understand that and draw up better plays or at least call more timeouts. Don't take them home with you and so you can give your guys an extra blow. But again, it's just, to me, some errors that we're seeing consistently from Darvin Ham that's really working against LeBron, who is having such an efficient season, Tony. Yes, I'd like to see him take it to the basket. I think he remembers the um, David Blatt uh, play with Cleveland where he overruled him and hit a three. Uh, but that was a tough one in the corner there on a twist there against the Mavericks. But uh, I also think he's taking it to the basket better. He, he, last year he was bulldozing people. He's and shooting close to 70% at the rim. He's got. He, it's almost like he's been watching Luca. He's got a slightly softer change of speed just as he gets to the hoop. And last year he was missing a few at the hoop and, and being blocked more. He's not necessarily dunking more. He seems to have a, a little more finesse this year. I don't know whether it's the foot or whether he's so clever he works on things in the off-season to counter and change as he ages. Uh, we've got to be good enough to change with him and we don't seem to be. And that's, that's disappointing. So what do you think needs to change fundamentally as we head into this four-game road trip without Rui, possibly the first game of which we will not have Cam Reddish as well, who up until the time he got hurt was leading the NBA in steals for the month of November. Your thoughts, my friend, on what needs to change? Tweaks in the starting lineup? What else maybe in, in store for the Lakers that you see need to be changed? I think um, I'd like to see, obviously, we've got to get, Davis has got to step up. And the challenge is he might step up on one. We've got to get him the ball and find ways. I think somebody's got to come in in those other um, frontline positions, uh, whether that's going to be Torian Prince stepping up or uh, Christian Wood and boxing out. Um, I think Max Christie's a darling of the team. I'm still worried. Like, uh, it was great to see him start. Everyone's got high hopes for him. Uh, he filling in for that Cam Reddish role. It must be tempting to uh, be winning with Reeves on the bench, but we need another 15, 20 points. And where are we finding them from? I think we thought the three points, the guys that were shooting 38% in their career, Torian Prince and uh, Christian Wood, suddenly they come to the Lakers and they're not. Uh, are people in awe of LeBron and they can't shoot? They get nervous. Uh, has he got the ball too long and kicks it to them uh, too late? Um, Reeves was able to catch it under pressure, though, the other day uh, against Houston late and shoot it. And he seems to build faith in him because of that. 
Uh, LeBron might be dribbling around a long time with it and uh, you've got to be ready to catch and, and, and go. Uh, but those guys are going to have to step up. Uh, Davis and somebody's got to come into that uh, forward spot there and take a bit of that Rui time. And I think it's got to be um, uh, Christian Wood and uh, he can't be soft. He, he's shown a few little moments of, of being strong with the ball. Seems to be stronger in defensive rebounds in a couple of games, but I'd like to see him get a bit angry on, on offense, uh, particularly since we're playing a, a bigger line. Lucky they still haven't got um, uh, Larry Markham in there uh, as well. I, I think they were better, possibly Cleveland, before this trade. I liked them before, uh, but... Um, Somebody's, they are a big front line there and uh, I think Victorian Prince and Christian Wood will have to step up and I think we need to get AD uh, some ball and um, you're right, it, there's a temptation to change that starting lineup. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. I think that there's a temptation to start it that should be exercised. Max Christie, who has struggled all season long, Tony, we do want to see the kids succeed. I know Rodell who's a, a constant uh, emailer for us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, really is a big supporter of him. Uh, I know he is terribly disappointed so far, and he still couldn't hit the broad side of a barn when it comes to three-point shooting. He is not stretching the floor at all at out when he's out there. Uh, he's shooting absolutely terribly. So I'd like to see the kid get going. Uh, but I, I do think Torian Prince, who struggled mightily for the most part, uh, he did play well in the last game, but... Yeah, he, he's been struggling mightily for the most part. I think that has to be a change once Vando gets back, because Vando is close to being ready as well. Uh, or if Cam Reddish comes back, I think we need to go ahead and make some sort of change on a more permanent basis between one of those guys. Because I know Max Christie would be just, you know, I don't think he's going to last in the starting lineup at all. I know that, that Rodell would love to see him get more rotational minutes, but he just hasn't deserved it. He hasn't played well enough to deserve it. And I think you need quality guys in there. And I'm hoping Vando is coming back sooner rather than later, because as soon as he is, I'm hoping he can go ahead and replace Prince, who's really struggled mightily for the most part this season, Tony. Yeah. What, what do you think, Joe? What do, what do you need Prince to uh, do, Torian Prince, um, in this starting lineup, or even given that there's no Rui? Well, Prince is a minimum player, low paid player, uh, in a starting lineup, he probably shouldn't be in. So whatever he can give us is good. If he doesn't play well, um, it's usually because he can't hit the shots and, but he is good. He's, he's good at playing within the system, whatever that system is. So I haven't really been hard on, uh, Torian Prince. It's, I, I think it'd be a, I think it's a waste of energy to look at guys that are journeyman types to expect them to be stables in this. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just not very realistic. The disappointment 
the, the ultimate disappointment in this team is the inability to uh, create an identity, the inability for AD to, to play like AD every game. Um, and of course, making terrible decisions in crunch time. They've lost three games this year where I believe if they had made more aggressive decisions to the basket with LeBron, I believe they would have won those games. But they don't because, number one, I think they freeze under pressure. And number two, um, no one wants to miss the shot. That's a combination of both. And uh, not to get too involved on something that's really doesn't matter at the end of the day, but uh, LeBron, if you want to call yourself the best player ever, it's impossible for you to really convince many of the people out there that are in the know that have actually watched certain players play in the past. The best player who ever played doesn't pass up last second shots, regardless of the smart basketball play. The smart basketball play, I'm going to say it again, is making the shot, not passing it to the wide open guy who no one knows. And there's no Derek Fishers. There's no Robert Ory's on this team. So stop filling me up with BS. You know, I, I have to explain this almost on a weekly basis and it's where I get my charm the, that Gerald loves. You have charm? But the, the beautiful thing about being uh, abrupt is you tend to eliminate half and half out of your life. <laughs> like half and half milk, you know? Uh, sports is a really good one because there's this facade that athletes have to put on the cliches to avoid the, the hard questions. But the problem with that is the hard questions don't come up anymore because the second you ask a hard question, the second you tell the truth, you get, you get jettisoned out of there. And now we have to say it on a podcast somewhere and hope that the message gets out there and maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. They've, They've been really good at sheltering things the last uh, five years or so. I think I don't think the noise is really there. I mean, I guess you could be like Kevin Durant, get a bunch of burner accounts and pay attention. But <laughs> some of us actually do say something that's va- that's that's relevant from what we're seeing here. And I, 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 but it doesn't look like anybody's listening. So I ask you before we head on out, Tony. When it comes to the Lakers and where you see them, where, where do you see this road trip? How well do you think they'll execute during this road trip, this upcoming trip? I mean, it is very crucial even at this early stage because, again, as I talked about, Phoenix has passed them on by. They had a very great opportunity to go ahead and put some distance between Phoenix when they were struggling, but they've got Booker back now. He's playing like a near MVP candidate and also – seeing him playing alongside Kevin Durant has been a lethal combination for Phoenix as they've gone on and and gone on a run. Then you've got Sacramento who still manages to find their way ahead of the Lakers, even though, again, we've always talked about here on this show, how can he continually have Sabonis befuddling Anthony Davis time and time again? So where do you see the Lakers coming up in a very important road trip to stay right on the tail and right on the heel of uh, right uh, right on the heels actually of the Sacramento Kings and also as well of course the Phoenix Suns yeah I, I, I see them that they 
just as Joe said, I think they need to go at least three and three. And these need to be guaranteed. And uh, we're really counting on that Cleveland one. We're counting on Detroit. And uh, as perhaps people are saying, the parity in the competition, uh, OKC sneaking in, I think they're uh, third um, there. And so teams we haven't even thought would be ahead of us. Um, and hopefully some of those teams there, that's a false positive that they'll, they'll hit some trouble perhaps like the rest of us and fall back down. And I worry that uh, a bit like Joe, we're saying we, we put too much into LeBron to solve everything and, and he needs to hit those final shots uh, or face those comparisons like Jordan. He's a guy willing to take the last shots in, in people's opinions on the greatest players in the game. You've got to take the final shot. Uh, but um, uh, what people seem to think there's a miracle cure in our injured players. I'm not sure if there's another 10, 15, 20 points if Gabe Vincent came back quickly. Uh, I hope, But if we can sneak a couple of points from each person uh, in defence, uh, some rebounding, we don't seem to rebound that well. If we can sneak a couple here and there and it adds up to 10, that's how I think we've got to find them. I don't think there's 10, 15 easy points anywhere. The one who can get 10 or 15 for us in a game, every game, is really Davis. Otherwise, I think it's the rest of us scraping together two and a half points a quarter to really get us that extra 10 to sneak. We're, we've almost got a grit and grind like that old Grizzlies to get there. This isn't a, 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 a glamorous team with a 150 points in them like the game that we saw with the Pacers. This is a team, I think, that'll have to um, find a, a sneaky two and a half points a quarter to find that extra 10. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's going to be hard finding that extra points that you need uh, right now, but uh, I don't, I just don't know where we get it from unless uh, Christian Wood can start shooting more consistently. Joe. Christian Wood shooting consistently. Uh, <laughs> we need, we need a, <laughs> no, I just copy that X, those extra. No, points. I, I, I'm, especially I'm, with Rui now out I, for a week. I think, I think guys like uh, AR need to continue to improve from their original initial start. I think AR is coming back. A little, little by little. You are yeah. getting the production now from from those guys. Now that you have one coming off the bench, but then you're but getting then, both around seventeen yeah, to twenty yeah. points is what we wanted. Russell played well, Ar played well, LeBron played well, and then Ad played like dog. <laughs> it's like, can you four? Can you four play well? They probably win the game. It's, it's, it's a. There's, there's a, it's difficult for this leadership to adjust game in and game out. They don't adjust well. As great as LeBron and AD are, they still need coaching. There's a reason why Jordan, Kobe, Shaq won championships with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson covered that last bit of what they needed, and it was consistent all the time. And coaching matters. Uh, coaching matters a lot. You can win a championship with an okay to above average coach instead of great, but I, I don't know if you can win one with a below average coach. I'm, I've been trying to think the coaches that have won championships. I guess you could say Doc Rivers in 08. Uh, the talent there was, was able to mask a lot of their uh, their issues because they they started the first they had won 
68 games. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 66 games in 08. And they got taken to seven games by Atlanta in the first round and then by a LeBron-only Cleveland team in the second round. They beat the Pistons in six and then the Lakers in six. But the fact that they played almost every playoff game except two uh, coming off a 66-win season is, you know, to me, I was like, eh. Lakers should have won that series in the end. I don't care how good Boston was. And a lot of it was because Doc Rivers has issues adjusting a lot. But I'd say that's probably the the last below average coach. Some people would argue that below average coach winning a championship in my memory. I I don't know, guys. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking two and two this road trip. That's They come out two and two. I'm feeling like, okay, eh, I saw that happening. They could exceed expectations and win three. But they could very easily be one and three, especially if they lose tomorrow. Because I have a feeling that I got to beat Philly and I got to beat Oklahoma City. Those guys are going to run circles around them if they keep playing the way they're playing. Can't say I disagree with there. I mean, Oklahoma City has been playing extremely well. Chet Holmgren has fit like a glove in what they're doing and that they've just been tremendous. And their future very well, maybe now. And plus, uh, as I say on the show, you know, Sam Presti's got like, 500 assets to use as far as draft choices are, are concerned draft picks to go ahead and dish out and trade and, and use that there. So yeah, definitely uh, going to be tough for the Lakers to go ahead and consistently get by them with SGA and Chet Holmgren on that team. But Tony, it's been great to have you on. I uh, cannot thank you enough for stopping by, but before we head on out, it's your pitch time. Got to go ahead and make sure everybody knows that they can go ahead and subscribe to your awesome channel, but please let them know what it is you're up to at the Larry Lakers dribbling chit chat before we head on out. Thank you. We're a show uh, where um, we answer a few people's questions. We break down the game. We look at the difference between uh, the box score and the eye test, because I think the real plus minus doesn't always tell you what's really happening out there. A player could contribute without necessarily seeing much there. So where the eye test meets the box score and where the people's questions, where our listeners put forward some questions for discussion, and we hope more people do through the comments and through the Larry Lakers at gmail.com. Thank you for having us on. It's a podcast as well. Thank you. Well, you're welcome back anytime you want to stop on by. You just let me know. I'm glad to have you back on. Our audience seemed to be really encouraged by your thoughts and your comments. And the fact that you didn't piss off Joe at any point in time today is already getting you an A in his book already. Thanks, Joe. I don't know where he pulls this out of his butt. I don't do that. Okay. I don't do that to our guests. Okay. Uh, he, he, he's projecting now, uh, Tony. He does that a lot. <laughs> and uh, thanks for taking it easy on me. Uh, thank uh, you both. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go hard on anybody. Uh, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. I really don't. <laughs> he's watched the show. Remind you, he's That's watched right. the show. I've seen the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like today. You, you watch the show. You won't see it either, other than him. I uh, listened to today's Thanksgiving. I thought it was very nice and, and very calm. Yeah, actually, that yeah, I like. We got I some compliments that. on that. I actually was surprised at how because I, I halfway through, I'm like, am I, my, this is like church today. 
but man, everybody loved it. Was it was calm. It was collected. Some deep, <laughs> introspective thoughts from Joe. Well, I, I, mean, I it liked is, it. it. It was Thanksgiving. There wasn't a game, and there is. You gotta, you gotta go with the volume of the situation. <laughs> we're 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 a little more intense today because we're anticipating lackadaisicalness, if that's a word, tomorrow, because that's what they give us. I wish they didn't, but they really only played one game where they were lights off from beginning to beginning, beginning to end. But that that was Memphis. Utah. Memphis, not a uh, Utah was the other one too. I'm sorry too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between Me- Memphis and Utah, those were the two games I felt okay. Good. Uh, this is what you're but supposed to do. But there's three absolute duds, aren't there? Sacramento, Houston, Orlando. Um, you 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 deserve some of your league pass money back. <laughs> the good thing is I'm in Southern California, so I get all this stuff on my net normal channels. Uh, I wasn't always like that too. For some weird reason, uh, when I was living in San Diego, they wouldn't show uh, home games. It would be on KCAL, and then KCAL wasn't available on a lot of the cable and satellite providers. So I'd have to go to God rest his soul, Junior Seau's restaurant, which is was still one of the best restaurants ever. Um, and it was actually I actually been I've been there. I have actually a great story that I may tell on another day. It's a Interesting story to say the least. I'll save it for another day. Save it, but yeah, rest in peace, Junior Sale. Yes, uh, great player indeed. Yes, restaurant was okay. I I thought it was okay. Yeah, the restaurant had this uh, teriyaki chicken that's still the best teriyaki chicken ever. Wish more people would have enjoyed it. Maybe would have still be there today. Well, they were going down because, unfortunately, Junior was uh, having issues. A lot of issues. Managing uh, things. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad story all around. Uh, the, 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 the culture, the small culture is very community-based. And when he stopped playing, it's different when you stop playing. You, 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 you can, he was very involved in the community. People loved him. Uh, have you ever been to the Village Idiot? Brickett? I was just going to say, Brickett, I have not uh, been to the Village Idiot in L.A. I've heard about it. Uh, now that you mention it, I think I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot the next time I go to L.A. Did you see, are they on social media, Joe? Uh, oh, well, they, I heard they're, I think I just read that they're closed. Permanently okay. closed. That's not good. I don't know if that's true or not, but did did you see the line for Portos on Thanksgiving? They were I showing did see that the on line. I did see the line, yeah. That's it. That was I mean, I have been in a Portos line. It's a famous bakery, series of bakeries in the Southern okay. California area. Um, Tony, and it just yeah, it was the line was absolutely insane. Uh I guess it just it yeah, just wow. People wanted their Portos on Thanksgiving, that's for sure. Um <laughs> But what a, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We will be back tomorrow for the pregame. Plus also as well, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. You watch the game with us throughout, starting at 4.30 p.m. Right there for you, Pacific Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Watch the game with us. And then, of course, after the game. The best post game that's out there, of course, is always and can always be had. No, Jordan, actually, I didn't buy anything. As I said, I'm still an AI. The real me is actually still circling around in the parking lots right there at the shopping center, like the fashion show mall or whatnot. So 
I guess my wife and daughters, they they bought stuff. They had fun. So there you go. Absolutely. No, nothing for Black Friday for me this year, which is strange because I'm always huge into Black Friday. I do shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos on Black Friday. Ads, what's hot, what's not. Didn't really need anything this year. So we'll see. Maybe next year. Maybe next year indeed. You're smartening up there, G. Good job. Uh, I could use a new computer, but that's down the road. That's down the road. Well, once again, it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for joining us, Kurt, Jordan. Truly appreciate it. Darren, Brickett, my gosh, you guys are all awesome. Of course, cool bro, who's already said, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sunday, truly appreciate it. Adam, Alan, truly always great to have you here. Adam, I, please. Let go of the hate for Torian Prince. We know he's been playing bad. Uh, we're going to need him a little bit more now that Rui's out. So keep your fingers crossed. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Max Christie will show up. So hopefully we can go ahead and get some better performances from our guys during this four-game road trip. And hopefully we can get the job done. Gerald is trapped in the sphere. Oh, no way. That, I would, I'd love to be trapped in the sphere watching you too. That'd be awesome. But those were like three or $400 a shot. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to wait until the prices come down on that. But once again, it is waiting for AI Gerald to say, catch the wave. Oh my gosh. Catch the <laughs> wave indeed. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow and Tony B from the Larry Lakers dribbling chit chat. We'll be back tomorrow with more great action, starting with the pregame Lakers weekend will be a good one. We're thinking positive. We're going to see it happen. And the Lakers will start the road trip one to no tomorrow in Cleveland. And we're going to go ahead and talk about it right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.